1: Hello and thank you for joining us for another Housing Matters podcast. Your favorite data nerds are back with everything you need to know about the housing market and the economy. My name is Jordan Levine. I'm the Deputy Chief Economist here at CAR and I'm joined by the amazing Senior Economist and Director of Research, Oscar Way.
0: Hey everyone, hope everyone is doing well.
1: It's been a couple of weeks, so we wanted to get back with you. And uh, as as always, it seems like the new normal is that there's been a lot of developments over the course of the last couple of weeks. And so today we're going to walk you through just kind of a a general overview of what's happening with the virus, Um, some big kind of date and calendar oriented things for the timeline as this economy starts to reopen. And then we'll talk about some of the actual economic and and market data that has rolled in over the course of the last couple of weeks. But before we kind of nerd out on the data stuff, I think it, it's helpful just to kind of get a sense of, of what's happening with the virus itself. Do you mind just walking us through quickly, kind of, what's the snapshot on, on COVID-19 as we sit here uh, on the uh, the week of May 8th?
0: Sure, let me give you some numbers. I know there are some good news and bad news we're going to cover uh, eventually or in the next 15 minutes or so, but let's take a look at some numbers. Now, as far as the number of uh, cases, uh, we have already surpassed 1.3 million at the uh, the national level. That's uh, pretty significant. I think last uh, two weeks ago when we had the podcast, it was somewhere around 900,000. Still got right. a huge number, but 1.3 million, that's significant. Yeah. And yeah. I think the number
1: of new cases still going up.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. The number of new cases, uh, I don't have the uh, U.S. number here, but as for uh, the state number, it still continued to show like Close to a couple thousand, which I'll show, uh, I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but as far as the death tolls are concerned, it actually uh, surpassed uh, seventy-seven thousand, uh, close to seventy-eight thousand now. Wow. That's a huge number.
1: Yeah, and I um, think that's uh, that's bigger than. There's a lot of uh, scary analogs that you're hearing for that out in the news, like more than than even died in like the Vietnam War, etc. cetera. And so uh, pretty significant death toll.
0: That at- definitely is. Now, as far as the, um, you know, and for the state of California, we do have uh, quite a few cases. Now, not as much as, not as many as New York, but right. uh, we still have close to 70,000 or over 70, uh, 62,000 in California. And the death toll is uh, 2,500. Wow. Um, I mentioned about the new cases. As of yesterday, uh, May 7th, we had, you know, 1,750 uh, uh, new right. cases
1: yeah and that's interesting right because even as we kind of have been fairly successful relative to other areas in terms of flattening the curve you're still seeing uh, a couple of thousand people still uh, you know coming down with with COVID-19 on a on a daily basis at least in terms of of the testing and so uh, flattening the curve was never about kind of making COVID-19 go away it's all about getting the uh, you know, the the outbreak under manageable terms, I think, to where the, the hospitals and the medical system could actually deal with with the cases.
0: Yeah, and we, uh, we want to reiterate: you know, we talked about flattening the curve, we talked about, you know, that we may have passed a peak, but we want to reiterate, reiterate that, you know, social distancing measure is still a must. You know, we have right. to continue to practicing social distancing in order mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, that we keep the uh, coronavirus under control.
1: Right. And so even as the the kind of shelter in place gets lifted, I think, you know, especially for us in in the real estate industry where we've kind of developed some additional, um, you know, pr- practices and procedures and best practices for um, how to interact with clients, how to show homes, um, all of that stuff, I think, will will persist well beyond, um, you know, the the actual shelter in place.
0: Right. Right. Now, you mentioned about shelter in place. And, you know, let's talk about that, you know, for right for California or for San Francisco, they started the shelter-in-place in in March. But, um, you know, we have some news about California reopening,
1: right? Right, yeah. And I think that that is a testament to the fact that we have um, been successful in in flattening that curve and keeping the outbreak manageable from a medical standpoint. Um, And and so we heard from the governor that we're going to see this kind of phased-in approach to reopening the economy. And that's going to be, you know, happening basically starting this week, right? Or starting next week as we uh, record this podcast, it's the eighth now. And I guess that that stuff is all kind of starting to phase in um, today. And there are, you know, some of the hardest impacted sectors that will be um, able to at least uh, on on a limited basis, start to reopen.
0: Yeah, you know, the the reopening is of course uh, going to be faces, and we're going to start with something like you know bookstores. Start with like clothing and and uh, some of the retail places like right. hotel, furni- uh, home and uh, furniture, and uh, maybe florists. You know, it's time for florists since uh, this yeah. weekend is going to be Mother's Day weekend. Uh, but some places are probably not going to start right away. Right. Um, uh, for example, like dine-in restaurants, I mean, stu- they, they still offer pickups, Yeah. Uh, but dine-in restaurants are not going to be open for a while. Now, those places that I mentioned about being open, you know, they are still going to have only curbside pickup and delivery options, Right. Uh, probably not going to have any of those, um, um, completely open for a while. Um, and there are going to be, um, places that what they will even with reopening they are going to implement you know some additional uh, measures like protective gear like sanitizing uh equipments and things like that
1: right so so the the bottom line for me is that yes we're we're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and things are are starting (laughs) to to gradually open back up and that's definitely going to help from an economic standpoint to get those dollars flowing back into into the economy but very much still on a limited basis we're not going to be shopping in the stores and kind of walking around the mall um you know at least for for the immediate future and so i think that that you know also limits how robust the the recovery will be we should generally start to move in the right direction as things gradually open up but um, you know, A, it's not even the things that are opening back up aren't opening all the way up. And of course, uh, right. a lot of other categories, um, you know, like offices and things like that, gyms, um, you know, museums, all of these kind of uh, entertainment, recreation things are going to continue to be to be impacted, and so it's going to be a while before we get back to that kind of um, pre-outbreak level that that used to be considered 100%. Uh, percent. And so um, that's that's point number one, right? Is that there's not a lot of, or not every category, I guess I should say, is is going to be able to reopen um, right off the bat. The other thing is, it's not. E- even across the entire state right because I know right. that the the Bay Area in particular is planning to um, continue to shelter in place even though the governor has kind of um, started to ease back from a statewide standpoint
0: yeah I think the state you know it's a statewide order obviously but at the same time you know the individual city or local areas get a, a the option of you know deciding whether they want to reopen or not uh, as you mentioned the Bay Area, San Francisco, and the rest of Bay Area will all will probably not open until May, uh, Mar, um, May 18th, uh, I believe, and uh, so you know that that is about 10 days from now. Yeah, um, and I'm sure they're going to take a look at you know wait and see strategy and see how that goes. Um, San Diego, on the other hand, will be uh, following the state guideline. Right, L.A. We'll be doing something, uh, probably we'll be relaxing some restrictions. I know LA has talked, we talked about LA a little bit um, before, but LA is going to relax the restrictions on Friday a little bit, but still limiting some um, reopening. Um, I think parks and hiking trails, you know, some of the outdoor stuff, they probably will reopen on Saturday. Uh, But uh, we continue to have to have, wear masks and, uh, you know, practice social distancing.
1: Yeah. So again, I think that, you know, we're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. And as an economist, it's kind of challenging for me, because, you know, when you look at the the trends, it does seem like, you know, a, a handful of the really important indicators out there are are either, you know, reaching bottom or, or starting to move in the right direction, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. But we we really need to kind of um, temper that that kind of hopeful signs with the fact that it's going to be a fairly uh, drawn out process for recovery, because we're, again, doing it in stages, people are coming online uh, at different times geographically. And, and, and of course, we're going to phase in sector by sector. Um, and so, you know, again, even though we're, we're kind of seeing signs of light or, or optimism, it is going to be a, a fairly um, long process to, to start rebuilding again.
0: Yeah. And, and you, we, we can almost expect that when we reopen, there will be You know, based on some of the cases that we have seen before in like Hong Kong or in Singapore or some other places, we kind of have to expect that, you know, when we reopen, there will probably be some uh, uh, bump or increase in cases. Yeah, And, and uh, RAND Corporation actually did a uh, study on uh, the cost of reopening. Um, when we keep the, um, the state uh, under state of home order, making it very strict, of course we can minimize the number of fatalities but at the same time the uh, economic activity will go down. So um, right. we can almost expect if when we reopen there will be increase in economic activity but at the same time there might be a little increase uh, the next couple of weeks, we'll probably will see slight increase in um, number of uh, increase in death tolls or new cases, right. but hopefully uh, just a bump and we, are actually, we will be able to contain it really quickly.
1: Yeah, no, definitely a, a difficult time from a policy standpoint, right, because you're really trying to kind of thread the needle between um, keeping the actual virus slash outbreak stuff uh, under control while while also kind of keeping some uh, semblance of an economy intact. And so it's just a, a really difficult balancing act, and, and frankly, one where it's still um, a lot of unknowns, right? We flatten the curve now, um, but it's not to say that that we won't see it pop back up or how well we'll be able to manage that. So again, that's, that's the thing that kind of makes it cloudy from, from an economic forecasting standpoint is that, you know, yes, mm. we, we are seeing the positive signs to feed into the forecasting model, but the, the future still remains relatively uncertain. And so, um, you know, the thing that, that we do know, though, is that the economic <laughs> right. impacts are, are starting to uh, to come through in, in pretty big numbers. So again, we're recording this on the day of Friday may 8th and so this morning we just got the latest release from the bureau of labor statistics on the labor markets and uh and the numbers there are are pretty ugly
0: very ugly well it's not a surprise surprise to us because right. we have been looking at some weekly numbers of job uh, jobless claims number but still it's a shocking number the unemployment rate lets me throw out those, that number because that's the number that a lot of people pay attention to uh you know based on you know the media. Um, But the unemployment rate um, in April was uh,
1: 14.7%. Right, so effectively a a 15% unemployment rate. Just to put that in perspective, um, back at the height of the Great Recession, which is like the worst recession ever since the Great Depression almost 100 (laughs) years ago, um, the, the unemployment rate there in that in that severe financial crisis topped out at around 10 percent. Wow. So just in in one month's time, we've already rocketed uh, way past that that kind of um, financial crisis era levels of unemployment into into Great Depression levels of unemployment.
0: And and I know, um, you know, when you put things into perspective like that way, of course, that's shocking. But let me uh, give it another perspective. If you look at, or not another perspective, but a way another way um, to compare and see how, how, how big a shock this is. If you look at February's number, um, you know, just a couple months ago, we right. were saying unemployment rate was the lowest in the last 50 years. And that was, what, three and a half percent.
1: Yep. And so that's, uh, that's like almost overnight having already suffered what took almost two years to accumulate from an unemployment standpoint back in, in 2008. And so, um, you know, it's, it's just so, so severe in terms of the the numbers. It literally meets the definition of what it means to be, um, off the charts, right? Because all of the, the old axis that we used to use on these charts no longer work. And so, um, but it's also pretty bad on on the jobs front, right? Because we lost 20 and a half uh, million jobs, which is uh, you know obviously the biggest number that we've seen in a in a very long time. But uh, you know, it, it also means that we're basically at like all time low levels for the participation rate, right?
0: Yeah, I think you know uh, you know, if you look at some of the charts that we have seen, twenty point one or twenty point five million is a huge number. I think we haven't seen that number for years and years. I, I did a little bit more research the last time that they have um an official number uh, that uh, uh, surpassed that twenty point one was something like um, you know, twenty five million or something like that way back in like nineteen thirty three or something like that. I can't right. And those are unofficial numbers, um, so it's a huge, a significant number. Uh, but here's the thing: you know, there are a lot of different ways to look at you know, um, you know how many people get unemployed and things like that. And yeah. I know as economists, we look at a lot of different things like. Population being employed and things like that. Maybe we can, can kind of go through some of those numbers as well to get an idea.
1: Yeah, just like how unprecedented this is, because uh, again, I think that you know the the last couple of years, or if you go back to the Great Recession, right? We topped out at something like sixty three percent participation right, right. rate, and then it dropped down to about fifty eight or fifty nine uh, percent. Well, if you bake in all of the, <laughs> the recent unemployed that we've seen come online we have seen basically a participation rate drop down to about 51% of the overall population that's actually employed right now. And again, you have to, I don't know where you have to go back to probably to the, to the great depression before we have good data uh, to, to find a period where the participation rate is as low as it is right now. And so, uh, you know, it's not the the best measure, obviously, because, (laughs) uh, you know it's just wow, so that's, uh, unprecedented
0: that that is unprecedented i don't think i i did any research on that but it seems like that's uh, got to be a record um and those are you know people who have who are like fully employed right i mean there are right. some people who are um experiencing some Burlos, temporary layoff temporary. as well yep and i think uh based on you know the the the, the same um uh, data we're seeing like nearly eighty percent of those uh, unemployed said, I mean that's maybe that's a sort of a silver lining that eighty percent of them that they might be only that temporarily laid off,
1: future. yeah,
0: and hopefully return to back to work. Now I'm not saying that you know unemployment rate will go down uh, overnight or in two weeks uh, down right. to you know below ten percent, but that's at least a little bit of a glimpse of hope that some of those will be back to uh, work if we started phasing in into a little bit more reopening.
1: Right. Yeah. And I I agree with that. That being said, I think that, you know, when you, I went through and crunched some of the numbers this morning when the release came out, just Uh thinking about, you know, how quickly will some of these jobs come back? Because as you mentioned, almost 80% of those unemployed um, expect it to be a temporary layoff. But you know, I went through and and just tried to to categorize that 20 and a half million job losses that we experienced in April into, you know, which which are the sectors that are primarily macro driven, right? They're driven by the macro environment. And once the demand starts coming back for their goods and services, we'll, you know, largely be able to start coming back. And how many um, of those 20 million job losses were in categories that we expect to still be impacted by, um, you know, restrictions, essentially, right? Right, right. Even as we kind of gradually reopen, we can imagine an environment where, um, you know, we're not going to be able to still shop at malls, where occupancy numbers at, you know, dine-in restaurants, as an example, even if we do start to allow um, dine-in restaurants to open back up eventually sometime over the next month or two, it's not going to be at that same level of occupancy or capacity that they had before. And similarly with big you know, conferences and events at hotels, and so um, when I when I kind of went through and did that categorization, um, you know, about eleven and a half a million of the twenty million jobs that we lost last month are in those sectors that we expect to at least face wow. some degree of restrictions moving forward, and so um, you know, ha- about. 45 or so percent will be able to come back as the economy starts to gradually come back. But I think for for the other 55 to 60 percent of the jobs that we've lost, it's going to be a slower climb back up because even once we we kind of um, get back to business, it's going to be at, at different levels or they're going to be at a, a new normal that doesn't look at quite as as big as, as what the, pre, the pre-crisis numbers used to look like and so um, I think we will start moving in the right direction but definitely and we are seeing that light at the end of the tunnel but we want to be um, you know cognizant of the fact that this is going to take a while uh, to come back because even as we reopen again um, we're not going to be able to get fully back to to that kind of 100% level that we had before.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And also, I think, you know, uh, we've talked about this before, how many of the small businesses, I mean, I'm saying I'm using small businesses. It's probably applied to some other um, businesses as well. But some of those small businesses may not even be able to come back. I mean, I heard from it's okay, so it's not a small business, but I heard over the uh, last couple of days about uh, soup plantation, for example, uh, not being able to come back because they have the model is based on a buffet style. Right. And, you know, how many people are going to go back to having like a buffet style restaurant you know, in the next couple of months or maybe even the next six months or so? Right. So some of those are not going to come back. Um, it personally it's be tough.
1: hurts me because I like Sioux Plantation as well. I, but do I think too. It also kind of, you know, underscores this point that we're making that, you know, it's, uh, you know, things will start to turn that corner eventually in the near future. But but that's a, a far cry from from being quote unquote recovered.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be slow. Um, so, you know, of course, the, we have been talking about the jobless claims also. Let's kind of touch upon that a little bit because I know those uh, weekly numbers um, before we move on to the next topic.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, this is, again, one of those perfect examples where, um, you know, this is is both a, a real ugly indicator, right? Because we've seen um, almost 34, 33 and a half million people in the last seven weeks um, file for unemployment, which is, you know, again, more than than we've ever seen in such a short amount of time. And 33 million people, is is a huge, huge number. At the same time, that same indicator also is giving us a sense of some silver lining because, right. um, even though we continue to see millions of people lose their jobs and file for unemployment every single week, I'm encouraged at least that the 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 numbers on unemployment claims are are trending down. So, still millions of people, but we went from a situation where we were adding almost seven million people to the unemployment roll every week to over the last five weeks it has uh, declined in consecutive weeks such that last week it was only quote-unquote uh, 3.2 million so again you don't want to pop the champagne corks <laughs> over 3 million people filing for unemployment but it is um, a consistent downtrend and in, in, and so I think that you know this is kind of emblematic of what we see even on the housing side where we have these big almost overnight impacts um, where businesses shut down immediately and had to, to lay people off in those immediate kind of two to three weeks following the shelter in place. But um, it does seem like the declines are starting to peter out, at least in terms of unemployment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can see how our um, uh, how how significant, how severe this um, this shock is and, and how it has changed our mindset. Right. Two months ago, we would not say for sure. Three point two million is a, a, a glimpse of hope. Right? Right. Three, two Absolutely. months ago, we were saying, okay, with two hundred eighty-two thousand, you know, people lost jobs. That's actually a bad number. Right. But uh, that's how it changed our mentality, um, and uh, you know, things. Hopefully, we'll get a little bit better. Um, and and I think it is getting it, 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 you know the glimpse of hope. Just since we were talking about a little bit of optimism here, let's let's kind of continue on a little bit with uh, some of the housing market stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think again, you know, we don't want to we want to be cognizant about not popping the champagne cork <laughs> no, because no, things no. aren't aren't bouncing back by any stretch, but. But I think what is different than the last time we spoke to you about two weeks ago is that um, we do seem to really have our arms kind of wrapped around what a what a bottom on this actually looks like. Even two weeks ago, the forecasts were all over the map, but you know uh, across a variety of indicators. And I think we just see it, or we do our our member survey where we're asking them about the market. We see it there, but we also just did our May consumer housing sentiment, our California right. housing sentiment index, where we went out and talked to Uh, consumers and a couple of things jumped out to me and and maybe you can comment on this as well but but we really saw a huge cratering of especially when we asked California consumers is it a good time to sell at home so if you go back before the crisis um, you know in in early March when we did this before the shelter in place you know, we, we had seen almost 60%. I think it was actually a little bit higher than 60% of consumers said it was a good time to sell a home. And then in April and May, uh, we saw those numbers crater down to, to just 26% of the consumers that we talked to uh, in April. But actually, in, in the May numbers, we seem to have held steady and in fact, even increased a little bit. We're still at much depressed levels of, of 29%. <laughs> Of consumers think it's a good time to sell, but at least that's not um, ongoing decline. So it kind of is following that same pattern that we see in the unemployment numbers.
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, it's only a one month, uh, you know, uh, increase True. from twenty six percent to twenty nine percent. I mean, but I mean, we we want to share, you know, a little bit of good news <laughs> whenever we can. Yeah, now, on the buyer side, you know, there the buyer seems to be a little bit more optimistic. Now, whether they, they believe that home prices are going to go down significantly or, of course, obviously the interest rates are right. at a very low level. So whatever it is, I mean, I think buyers believe that it is a little bit more affordable as far as um, you know, those who can buy yep. right now. Um, so, you know, that, act, that number, um, the good time to buy actually went up to 31%, which uh, is what, the highest that we have seen? Uh, yes, yeah, so we've been doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a little bit of good news, but, uh, um, but at the same time, I don't think we home prices. We don't believe that it's going to go down uh, quite significantly, which which, which we'll talk a little bit about uh, in a minute. But at the same time, if we don't look at our survey, if you just look at some of the statistics released by let's say uh, mortgage bankers association, right. Um, we see some good news from there too.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, not just nationwide where I think we're on our third consecutive week where the number of new purchase applications went up and they went up nationwide by about uh, 6.5% last week. That's for the data that ends on May 1st. Um, In California, we're actually going on our fourth week of increase in new purchase applications. And in fact, the last two weeks, they've both been by um, double digits. If you compare that to where we were last time, we're still uh, pretty depressed from this time last year but at least again, we kind of had that big initial hit, uh, and we've since kind of either hit bottom or, as we see in these mortgage applications, actually um, started to, to kind of uh, claw some of those declines back a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, the weekly uh, the weekly increase is encouraging. Um, we're still down. I mean, I, I, we always want to go back and right. and, and give you, you know, let you guys know that you know don't get overexcited because still down on a year-over-year basis by thirty percent. But uh, if you look at the history of how much it has gone down uh, in the last few weeks, I mean, uh, at one point, uh, four, three, four weeks ago, it was down on a year-over-year basis by close to 50%. So, you right. know, down to 30% or so, it's it's an improvement.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't mean that mortgage applications are shooting through the roof, but what it means is that they've effectively stopped declining.
0: <laughs> right, right. And, and I know you charted a, uh, a, a graph on new applications and new purchase applications, it seems to have bottomed out, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. And so again, this looks very similar to what we see on the unemployment front, where there was basically this big, um, you know, overnight, quote unquote, hit where the first couple of weeks following the shelter in place, again, we had 30, 40, 50% declines relative to where we were at the same time last year. But actually, because they've grown in recent weeks from those really low levels to, to just uh, you know, slightly less bad numbers, what it means is that actually the uh, the year over year growth rates have, have actually stabilized and in fact gotten less worse in recent weeks. I don't wanna say they've gotten better, I wanna say they've gotten <laughs> less worse because we're still in negative <laughs> right. territory. It's just not as negative as what we saw a few weeks ago. So we're really again trying to walk that tightrope between um, giving you some of the encouragement that we really are seeing uh, things start to move in the right direction while also tempering that optimism by pointing out that we're well below where we were this year or this time last year. And also, frankly, well below where we should be for a spring home buying season, given right. how good the first couple months of 2020 uh, was was shaping up to to be. But you actually see that on the buyer demand front as well, right? Because it's not just that they're going out there and actually applying for a few more mortgage applications. It looks like they're actually asking realtors to show them around a bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I know you know we're both economists, and so we use economic terms from time to time. I'm just right. looking at you know some graphs here, and economists like to say, and you, um, some of our audience might have heard, you know, oh, the uh, economy or the market is going to bounce back, you know, with a, a U shape or a V shape, right? Right. Now we're looking at a graph. It it looks like it's more like a U than a V, right?
1: Yeah, definitely looking <laughs> more like a, a you. And, and hey, look, I'd be the first one to, to celebrate. And I still do think from a long-term standpoint, it's a good time to buy. In fact, mortgage rates dropped down to about 3.2% this week. Um, but, you know, it just doesn't seem like that's materializing. And frankly, it's not that surprising when you think about, um, you know, 30 and a half million or almost 35 million people having lost their jobs that um, rates are great, but there's a lot of people struggling through real life, um, lost income and unemployment, et cetera, that's kind of precluding it to, to getting back into, into positive territory rather than just being um, less negative.
0: Yeah. And we said it before, I'm going to say it again. I mean, we, this, so far we are, we haven't seen, you know, a second wave yet because the first wave actually hasn't passed yet, but uh, you know, there, there is a a chance that there will be a second wave. And if there is a second wave, of course, things will be a little different. Right. Um, So let's take a look at some of the um, showing activities and pending sales and all the other stuff uh, pertaining to California specifically. Um, When we look at some of the showing activities, um, and I love this like,
1: data that you're getting, by the way. Where do you get this stuff?
0: Uh, it's getting from uh, show time, showingtime.com. Um, awesome. Want to give them, you know, credit because uh, it does show a very um, a, a timely data on a daily basis. And we're seeing that, you know, the uh, showing activity actually is a little bit even more encouraging than the mortgage application. It looks right. like the the uh, showing activity didn't really dry, uh, as off a couple of days ago. It actually is a little bit below. Um, earlier part of the year only maybe less than 10% or so. Right. Um, and compared to last year, maybe only about 20% or so below last year or so. So that's also encouraging because it's continued to show an upward trend.
1: Right. And, uh, and so again, kind of more evidence that we saw these big, dramatic, you know, uh, immediate impacts where, and I think showings were down on a year over year basis, almost 75% um, right, in right. that kind of last few weeks of of March. But as as you mentioned, we've seen those kind of retrench a little bit and be actually much less negative, such that we're only down by 10% on a year-over-year basis. Look, we're still down in terms of <laughs> showings, but that initial massive hit where where the you know the buyer demand essentially evaporated um, does seem to start to ease, and and in fact that's also playing itself out. In, in something that's really going to translate into um, real pocketbook issues for California realtors. And that's on pending sales, where we also saw these gigantic overnight impacts, but the last couple of weeks have been a little more promising.
0: Yeah, we have been seeing, it, and, and I think last time when we did a podcast, we were still a little skeptical because it was just the first week or uh, second week of uh, increase. But right. now we are seeing maybe three or four weeks of continuous uh, uh, increase for the state of California and even for uh, individual regions, which is right. very encouraging.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, again, we want to be, um, you know, cautious about this because it obviously takes 30 or even longer. Now escrow times are, are going longer. So we're looking at, you know, 35, 45 days before these pendings are, are going to become closed transactions, and we know that some transactions continue to fall out, but, um, you know, at least we we kind of have a sense of what the bottom was for, mm-hmm. for buyer demand, and yes, we're still, you know, below, and just to give you a sense, in California, um, before the crisis, we were cl- uh, seeing about 750 homes uh, go into the pending status or go into escrow every single day, essentially, um, that dropped by about 50% down oh, into know. the kind of 350 Per day range and has since clawed back to about 625 statewide. That's still, you know, significantly below um, the 750 that we were averaging before before the crisis. But it is encouraging that again uh, we we do see buyers uh, starting to get back into into the mix and and so it's not just a consistent trend, but as you mentioned, it's pretty consistent geographically as well.
0: Yeah. And, and part of the reason could be because there are more listings on the market. I mean, we're looking at new listings being listed in the last few weeks. It looks like sellers are also a, a little bit more uh, comfortable listing things uh, online or you know through virtual tours because right. we're seeing new listings also shot up in the last or, or continue to increase. I shouldn't say shoot should up, but uh, continue to increase in the last three or four weeks.
1: Yeah. And that's a, a real, Leslie called it a, a, a real green shoot, right? And I, I right. believe that that's the case because, you know, if we go back to that consumer sentiment survey that we shared with you earlier, um, the, the demand side or the supply side rather took a much bigger knock, right? The, the percentage of people saying it was a good time to buy, the percentage of realtors reporting that their sellers had pulled their homes down off the MLS were much larger than the percentage that had um, buyers taking a step back, or the percentage of buyers who no longer thought it was a good time to buy in our survey. And so, um, you know, that's, that's really gonna be the key to unlocking more pending is actually get more product on the market. And as you said, we've, we've seen uh, the inventory numbers starting to move in the right direction for the last uh, three weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, I think just to have some numbers to play with, I think uh, currently, as uh, uh, in the beginning of uh, March, we had over a thousand. New listings on a daily basis. Yeah, almost uh, and it dropped down maybe by about 50% or so, you know, by uh, early or late March or early April. But it's since start, bounce, started bouncing back to close to 800. So we might have lost compared to, let's say, uh, seven weeks ago, about 20%. Right. But that's much better than that 50% that we saw earlier.
1: Yeah, definitely, no, and uh, and I'm just so proud of our team for getting this, this weekly data together because it really does uh, make the difference in being able to uh, understand how this is playing out from week to week because, you know, if we were, we were still looking at just the monthly data that we extracted out of the MLS historically, um, we wouldn't have been able to see these, these kind of blossoming signs of optimism for another, um, I guess, two to three weeks until we really uh, released our our April numbers and so uh, you know kudos to to the research team for, for getting this stuff because it's actually um, helping us to to get a sense of exactly how things are playing out on the ground in almost real time so that 800 new listings that we just mentioned is is as of uh, last week so we're we're right on top of things so uh, yeah. things are are looking good and 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 again even though we're still depressed relative to where we were <laughs> um, before the crisis again we are seeing those kind of signs of of green shoots both in terms of the listings and the pending sales that suggest that eventually um, over the next six to eight or twelve weeks that that we'll start to see closed transactions um, you know begin to follow suit as well
0: yeah i mean i I, I will reiterate what you said you know and the next month or two we probably because a lot of those numbers that we talked about those are pending sales and new listings and you will continue to see numbers on closed sales released by us released by some other parties that may actually show a less positive sign uh, but because when we look at the weekly number we see that things are progressing uh, a little bit better um, at least for now now we will we will definitely report back you know after in two weeks or so after the uh, reopening um and then in the next two weeks, we'll observe and see, you know, how things are going uh, once the, uh, the the market and the economy start reopening. And then we can get a better sense of how fast or maybe uh, how solid the uh, recovery or the right. initial state of the recovery, as I, sh- I, sh- I should say, uh, could be.
1: Yep. No, that's a a great point. And I think that it's important to keep in mind that because the the kind of official statistics that we release and others release, um, you know, the numbers will get worse in those monthly data releases before they get better. And we're expecting... Um significant double digit declines for the april data that we're going to report here in a couple of weeks and and likely that will persist into may as well um, but you know these these kind of forward looking data that we've shared with you here today give us a sense of maybe how things will look again in that kind of two to four month time frame and so we still need to be hunkered down and keep those belts pretty tight for for the very immediate term um, but again seeing those 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 kind of uh, initial signs of, of things to, to potentially be hopeful for. So, uh, absolutely. And I think that, uh, that is, is probably a mouthful for, for this (laughs) two week period. Again, we, we kind of have balanced some of the, the signs of optimism with just how, Um, ugly some of the broader economic data is that suggests that, uh, you know, we're we're seeing that light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not out of the woods yet. So we will definitely keep you updated in the next couple of weeks as things progress. And of course, we have lots of uh, more timely resources that are being added to our website every day that you can check there. But uh, I think we'll go ahead and leave this one here. Do we miss anything important, Oscar?
0: I think we covered everything. And if you do want to get some weekly updates before our next podcast, definitely check out uh, the uh, weekly market update and on the coronavirus website, uh, uh, the micro site. I think it's also on the CR web main site as well, right?
1: That's right. And actually, since we're plugging ourselves, I should note that I'm also (laughs) doing uh, every other week, some videos where we do some regional uh, deep dives. So you can get that for uh, the Bay Area the Central Valley, and Southern California, where I go specifically through each one of those economies in their own little video. And that's up on our website as well. So uh, with all those shameless plugs out of the way, we will say thank you so much for tuning in for another Housing Matters podcast. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. All right. See you. Stay safe.